Hi, this is Robert Hooks, and you are listening to TV Confidential, and keep doing it. Brad Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television that is pleased to welcome Mr. Patrick Kilpatrick, one of the finest character actors and action movie villains of our generation. Patrick's entertainment career has spanned more than 170 films and TV shows as a lead actor, producer, screenwriter, director, and global entertainment teacher with a long list of credits that includes Minority Report with Tom Cruise, Dark Angel with Jessica Alba, Roanoke, the largest production in PBS history, the Los Angeles Theater Center production of Anthony and Cleopatra featuring John Goodman and directed by Oscar-winning director Tony Richardson and such hit TV shows as 24, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and all incarnations of CSI. As an actor, Patrick Kilpatrick has been killed, beaten up, or jailed by every leading actor on Earth and in outer space. What you may not know is that in real life, Patrick nearly died at least three times before he turned 17, including severe bouts with asthma, allergies, and a relationship with his mother that was turbulent, to say the very least. Fortunately for all of us, Patrick discovered his passion for the written word at a very young age. He has just released volume two of his two-volume memoir, Dying for Living, Sins and Confessions of a Hollywood Villain and Libertine Patrick. We'll tell you where you can find Patrick's book in just a second. But first, Patrick Kilpatrick, Welcome to TV Confidential. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you very much. What, what correction? Uh, volume one is out now. Volume two is set to come out in the next couple of months. Okay. Well, there's plenty to talk about volume one alone. <laughs> uh, there are many ways we could start our chat, Patrick. One thing that jumps out at me. Now, everybody listening to us tonight, you know, every human living, breathing person is a walking contradiction. You describe yourself as a libertine patriot. I mean, that's a real contradiction because a libertine has no values, but a patriot has a lot of values. How did you come to describe yourself as that? Well, I actually, actually, well, because I think socially I'm about as liberal as you can get Mm -hmm. and and, uh, libertarian and libertine even. Um, The more I got into it, the more I realized people like Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin were actually libertines. Uh, To me, that doesn't connote that you don't have any values. It means that maybe sexually you're pretty diverse, and maybe it means that socially and you've led led a very colorful, um, exuberant lifestyle. Uh, That's what libertine means to me. It doesn't mean that you don't have core values. And I certainly, as libertine as I might have been in my social life a lot, I always was a patriot and always was devoted to this country because that's the way I was raised. My father was a World War II underwater demolition team fellow, and I was reared on the American experiment being the light of the world and the liberation force of the world from World War II. And so um, I've always been devoted to this country, even as I was living a high and wild life, whether in Hollywood or not. And to make it clear, anybody who reads Dying for Living or reads anything about Patrick's background 
We'll figure out right away that this is a man with a lot of core values and that he has taken some liberty with the term libertine, as he just explained. Although I think it's safe to say that in a lot of respects, you are certainly not bound by conventions in any sense of the word. No, I, I think one of the responsibilities of adulthood is to take what you've been given and to make it your own. Now, obviously, as my mother would say, it's all personal accountability. You have to take responsibility for however you function. I, uh, I've always had a devotion to the truth, so I, um, I've been very open about my life and aspects like that. But no, I'm not bound by conventions. That's the main reason why you make your way to Hollywood. <laughs> On the line with us is Patrick Kilpatrick, volume one of Patrick's memoir, Dying for Living, Sins and Confessions of a Hollywood Villain in Libertine Patriot, is a rollicking tale of Patrick's volatile yet privileged upbringing that includes nearly being stabbed to death by his own mother and witnessing her infidelity, plus a searing, often hilarious and scandalous behind-the-scenes look at working with Hollywood's elite. Actor Joe Mantegna has this to say about Dying for Living. You may love it. You may hate it, but you will never forget it. Volume one of Dying for Living is available in hardcover, paperback, and as an ebook through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, wherever books are sold online. It's also available as an audiobook through Audible. Volume two of Dying for Living is expected to come out later in 2019. You can follow Patrick on Twitter at I am Pat Kilpatrick, Facebook.com forward slash I'm Pat Kilpatrick, as well as his website, patrickkilpatrick.com. It's ironic that you mentioned how your mother preached the importance of taking responsibility, considering that, uh, again, I don't want to give too much of the book away, but as we said in our open, you had a very turbulent relationship with your mother, and to describe her as a narcissist and certainly someone who was not who certainly did not fit the norms in a lot of respects. I mean, it's kind of ironic that she would teach you that. Well, um, my mother was capable of great lucidity uh, and intelligence, even though she had clearly had mental issues mm -hmm. and behavioral problems. I, I, I'm leery of making diagnoses, but I, I, the best I can discern, she was clearly bipolar, mm -hmm. and when she was being either manic or the extreme, she was homicidal and volatile and violent. And that doesn't mean that she wasn't capable of great intelligence. Um, she was. She almost got a doctorate in psychology, and she was like one hour short of that and was by all accounts very professional and effective as a high school guidance counselor and very instrumental in her kids' lives. She just was... I think somewhat of a perfectionist that she had some chemical issues and that was visited upon her children. The good news about that was it forced me to be um, very independent very early and also to find my own way in a moral compass, my own way in, in a moral code, because I wasn't about to follow her moral code, mm -hmm. particularly after she was... Uh, vividly unfaithful to my father, who I thought was the finest man I'd ever met. Yeah, so she was a complex person, and it caused a lot of damage. You know, they had, 
they had money. My father was very successful, and I had a privileged upbringing. It could have been paradise, except for her refusing to uh, accept treatment for her problems. Yeah, and that is one of many things that resonated with me as I read Volume 1 of Dying for Living, Patrick, and it will resonate with anyone who has survived a tumultuous uh, upbringing or relationship with any narcissistic person. There's a line you have in the book, your father described your mom in a nutshell. And when I read it, it sent chills up my spine because I bore witness to a relationship not unlike your upbringing when I was married. My mother-in-law at the time was much the same way. Uh, Your father described your mom as a person who cannot say she's sorry and she is fiercely rigid. Those are both dangerous qualities. And as you say, it's amazing that as you grew up, you were able to not let that, I mean, she inflicted a lot of damage on you, but the fact that you came out of this as undamaged as you can possibly be, that's what I'm getting at. That's a testimony to you. Well, thank you. There are a couple of things. Number one, I was a very strong individual. And um, as I said, I, I got away as much as I could from the age of 14. The other thing was the process of being a writer and an actor for me is, was a very, very healing journey. And I don't know that everybody who's confronted with these things has that journey available to them. Yeah. And I had a lot of physical things I had to deal with because of the car accidents and motorcycle accidents and that led me to rehabilitative exercise and modalities of healing that actually had residual benefits for straightening out a lot of the psychological stuff. Now, I also had infidelity issues Mm -hmm. uh, in relationships that I was in, and um, I had to come to a lot of heartbreak uh, through that and and learn that uh, you kind of get what you give out. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, I would say my life has been pretty much of a healing journey. Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons I wrote that portion of the book was for that very reason, so that if people were confronted with those things, they didn't think it was the end of the world, that they could find their way out of it. Yeah, I mean, you have a choice. You can let the past define you, or you can look at each day as a new page, and you define, you determine what the content of that page is every day. Absolutely. As my mother said, it's all personal account. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was an interesting woman, but not somebody you'd want to spend time with if you were wanted a vacation. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. On the line with us is Patrick Kilpatrick, the Sandman in Death Warrant, not to mention the villain who battled Bruce Willis in Last Man Standing, Steven Seagal in Under Siege 2, Under Territory, Jean-Claude Van Damme in several motion pictures, as well as other top stars such as Tom Cruise, James Caan, Chow Yun-Fat, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Patrick has just released Volume 1 of his two-volume memoir, Dying for Living, Dying for Living, Sins and Confessions for Hollywood Villain and Libertine Patriot. One of uh, Patrick's readers on Amazon describes Dying for Living as a modern-day Tom Jones, which is an appropriate analogy, not only if you 
read Dying for Living or the original Tom Jones novel by Henry Fielding, but especially considering that Patrick once collaborated with Tony Richardson, the man who directed the Tom Jones movie starring Albert Finney. Dying for Living is available in hardcover and as an ebook through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, wherever books are sold online. It is also available as an audiobook through Audible. You can follow Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm Pat Kilpatrick. Patrick's website, PatrickKilpatrick.com. How did you come to work with Tony Richardson? Well, I came to L.A. Uh, from New York. I'd spent about three years as an actor in New York doing stage and the work that you get there. There's minimal episodic television, but there was some. And then occasionally you'll get a foreign film or an L.A. film that's casted out of New York. And I'd, I'd worked as an assistant director and playwright. And Anyway, I felt I had done just about everything you could do in New York. And I had flown to L.A., for a television show called Our Family Honor with Eli Wallach mm-hmm. and McMillan. Mm-hmm. And so I'd seen L.A., and I realized there was a lot more work there than in television. And so I came out here. Of course, the moment I arrived, there was a writer. So I began to teach myself script writing while I was there. But one of the jobs that came up, was uh, I auditioned for Tony Richardson at the Los Angeles Theater Center. People don't realize, but at the time, L.A. was a big theater center. Mm -hmm. Um, They had, at one point, 29 uh, plays going at the Los Angeles Theater Center. and Everybody was down there performing, uh, many of whom went on to great careers, like John Goodman and uh, Kyle Chandler and, and... myself went on to careers and and, um, so that's how I got to know Tony and I liked him very much he was a terrific guy very talented (laughs) and I would imagine you know the opportunity to work with an Oscar caliber director early in your career that's something that you draw from as you went on to direct yourself yeah I um, I've been very lucky with British directors my first SAG film was with Nicholas Rogue, who was a great, great visionary director mm-hmm. who recently passed away at 90. And, and then my second major film was with Guy Hamilton, who did uh, the early Bond films for a movie called Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Mm-hmm. So, um, and of course, I worked with John Tillinger, who was a huge Broadway and West End of London theater director. So I've always done very, very well with British directors and feel very blessed to have initiated my career with people like that. You mentioned that when you first came to L.A., as it happened, there was a strike and that shut down the acting industry. So that you refocused and you know that's when you started teaching yourself how to screenwrite and understanding other aspects of the film industry. I understand, Patrick, that when you teach your students, that is also something you encourage them to do, to learn everything about the industry and not just what your lines are. Yeah, I think if you're a producer or a director or a writer, you need to know acting. If you're an actor, you need to know um, certainly great writing and producing and directing because sooner or later, it doesn't matter where you are on the totem pole, you're going to have to begin creating your own content. Mm-hmm 
with the writer's strike, I was already a, a heavyweight writer because I'd written for almost every magazine in New York and most of the ad agencies uh, in the 70s. So I merely had to adapt that to screenwriting, which is a different skill. Uh, mostly it's stripping out the adjectives. But um, uh, I figured out early on that the people who really dominated the industry were people who could write and direct and, and do. I mean, you take a guy like Mel Gibson. What did he do when he became a big international star? He directed uh, and produced Braveheart and, and Apocalypto and Passion of Christ. Or Ben Affleck they couldn't, and, and Matt Damon, they couldn't get arrested. They wrote Goodwill Hunting. So I think um, even just uh, something chemically happens to you that causes you to become a finer actor if you know these other aspects. Um, also, when you're first starting out as an actor, you're often in some not fully realized uh, films and projects, so it helps to be able to polish those and to create your own lines. And that leads to being more highly skilled in improvisation, mm -hmm. which is, is a great thing to have while you're acting. Uh, I mean, I just did a movie called Night Walk and improv my entire way through the entire movie. Uh, it's just not there on the script when I began. And All those complementary skills are really vital. Yeah, you, you mentioned improvisation. That kind of, I mean, and again, I'm not an actor. I'm just someone who talks to actors on the radio. But what I understand from talking to actors is that whether you're quote-unquote improvising or you're working off the page, in its essential form, you are reacting to what the acting partner is giving you in your scene. So you have to be alert and pay attention to that because their delivery of their line may affect how you're going to deliver your line. Well, of course, yeah, and you're living moment to moment. Uh, sometimes people are concerned, I, I, I think I'm going to make a mistake with my dialogue, my words, but the truth is if you're conveying a concept if you're communicating, if you're involved in a dialogue, you're not going to mess up your line mm -hmm. because you're conveying a concept to the other person. So, yeah, there are residual benefits in every direction for knowing how to do all of these other things. We teach a sort of cross-curriculum for people whenever we're mentoring a young actor or a young writer. I have producers and directors who come to class just because they want to learn how I do what I do uh, as an actor when I'm on the set. I heard a siren in the background. I hope it was not coming after you. <laughs> no, uh, I pulled over and I'm talking to you on the side of uh, a street someplace on Bluetooth in my car. Okay, no, it's just being funny. So okay. I know. <laughs> you may be quite funny just because I don't break up in uproarious laughter. That doesn't mean... It wasn't funny. Well, as long as you're enjoying the experience of doing this interview, that's all that matters. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. sure. On the line with us is Patrick Kilpatrick, longtime movie and TV villain and the author of Dying for Living, Sins and Confessions of a Hollywood Villain and Libertine Patriot. Patrick is going to stay with us for another segment. We hope you'll stay with us when we continue our conversation with Patrick Kilpatrick here on TV Confidential. Got a product or service that you want our listeners to know about? Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash advertise or visit the TV Confidential page at advertisecast.com. 
Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.